Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone. Taz, are you there? Good morning, yeah. Good morning. And is that you, Mir? Oh, maybe he's not with us. Well, we'll start to introduce him until he comes on with us. What kind of New Year's Eve resolutions have you thought about making for this coming year? Perhaps you'd like to remove pain? An illness, or would you like your eyesight to be even better than it is now? From what we're hearing, you can absolutely rid your body of these disabilities that you believe are permanent. And here with us today, our good friend and top self-healing guru, Mir Schneider, who will be sharing some of his magic techniques. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Mayer is now sharing with us, he's going to be sharing with us the key to activating a healthy body. And that key is that most of our energy loss comes with lifestyle. Isn't that interesting? Can you believe this? Well, this is what he's found out, working with people from all over the world. Wow. He's saying not to believe our aches and pains and instead disregard the sense that things can't move forward and trust in your body's power to remove ailments. How exciting can I get one? Get Paula? Oh. Well, Mir says self-healing accesses the body's innate power to heal itself. So all it takes is listening to one's body and responding to its needs. As always, we are so tickled to have you with us, Mir, and share your marvelous gifts with our audience. Welcome. It is wonderful to be with you, and it is wonderful to hear the two of you. And um, there's something that I just want to explain. You know, in my latest book, uh, Vision for Life, I was addressing so many problems, some problems of sitting in front of the computer and tiring the eyes. Two problems of nearsightedness, farsightedness, uh, stigmatism, and uh, cross-sightedness. And then I, I, I talked about what do you do after cataract surgery? You know, in, if you are an orthopedist and um, somebody broke his leg and you needed to reset the bones, you then prescribe for him some sessions of physical therapy. But what happens when you have an eye problem and a physician sees you uh, and takes your lens away, basically cataract is lens extraction, what he will do then 
it will prescribe it will prescribe for you nothing. It will just observe to see if there are more problems or not. And I think that we should um, be in a situation where we reduce that. And then the book also addresses, you know, besides it addresses glaucoma in an amazing way, and I'd like to talk to you about it later on. Uh, but it also addresses people who already lost vision. Let's say that you had a cataract surgery, and then as a result of the surgery, you had retinal detachment. The retinal cells are not nourished. Some of the retina dies. Well, in the book, what I suggest is to patch all the areas of the eyes that see and uh, walk with somebody that can hold your hand, and you move your head side to side, and you start to activate the area which is blind. Because uh, what I discovered in my years of experience is that most blind areas have some cells which still did not die, but if you don't stimulate them, then they will die. Uh, and so this book talks about it. Just recently, somebody said, oh, my friend had a retinal detachment, and his eye is soggy, and the doctor said, maybe be in a month in that eye. And I said to her, well, patch the other eye. In this case, it's the right eye and get him to see blinking light in the dark. So what I'm saying is, instead of just being observed, instead of just being observed in a, a critical situation, whether you have retinal detachment, macular degeneration, macular pucker, I'm giving you all kinds of ideas that you can work on yourself. And all that I succeeded to put in one book. I know, it's, it's a really great book. And, and plus, you have uh, with it the exercises, um, that you can use, and it's just something that everyone should have in their bookshelf for sure. Well, what's the name of the book? The name of the book is Vision for Life. Oh, and, oh uh, Vision for Life, okay. Yeah, the one we spoke about before, Vision for Life. Uh, and I just wanted to say um, that we had several uh, wonderful patients that... Um, um, we were working with, I had just somebody from uh, Portugal uh, who came here and who lost most of her vision, and she worked with me, and she got some vision back, and with that great optimism that she won't lose the vision that she has. And uh, we're doing right now fundraising for her because she was a woman of um, uh, no means, but she still decided that she's coming to uh, San Francisco, to the United States, paying for a flight that she couldn't afford for uh, uh, to stay in um, uh, in someone's house and paid rent. I mean, all that she had to do plus the cost of the therapy and uh, what she felt the experience was worth it. She's just broke. That's the thing. So we we're a nonprofit, so we're raising funds for her. But it's amazing. People come to me from all over the world. And I really hope that uh, some people in um, San Jose, in Cupertino, in Santa Cruz, in the peninsula, uh, will come to the different activities that we have. In the holidays, by the way, we wanted uh, to give people uh, CDs that are um, inexpensive in the first place and made them uh, uh, very, very inexpensive as a gift uh, five CDs. One is uh, a Relaxation for Your Eyes, which is an antique tape of mine, uh, but it's in a CD form now, where you sit down and do long palming, where you rub your hands and you put your hands around the eye orbits, and a CD which is called Mayor's Vision that has many 
wonderful exercises. That one already was made in the 80s. And then uh, three CDs. With one, you overcome spine problem called sensing the spine. With one, you overcome um, nerve problems, which is called strengthening the central nervous system. And with one, uh, you uh, overcome uh, joint problem, which is called breath and mobility of the joints. And all those CDs, I think it's very good to give to a friend because um, they can really help um, your friend in many ways. Many gifts you're going to give them are going to be good for a while. This is good for a lifetime. Who does not need to strengthen the central nervous system? People think you only have exercises for your uh, uh, muscles. But we're talking about exercise for the eyes, for the nerves, for the back, for the joints. So... This particular uh, group of uh, CDs, um, and I know I cannot talk about prices on your show, but I can tell you very reasonable, uh, can uh, really change and alter one's life. Of course, not if you will just put them on the shelf, if they will work with them daily. Oh, dear. Did we lose him? I mean, I still show him. No, you did not lose me. Did you lose me? Yeah, for a minute. Yeah, for a second. Now, Mayor, the, I, I really have a question on the DVDs. Can somebody just um, pop them in and sit back and listen and, and work with the exercises? At, are you talking to them directly on the CDs so that they can just kind of right. follow the CDs you? are audio CDs. They're not DVDs. And the answer is yes. People have to sit down and do the exercises. It's not lec- the lecture basically lasts for two or three minutes. But... Um, uh, uh, but uh, most of the thing is work. How do you work to wake up your brain and your nervous system? How do you work to wake up your joint system? How do you work uh, to relax your spine? How do you work to help your eyes? Well, a lot of people, you know, have a problem just sitting down. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, well, some, be... people, uh, some people get injured and only go down to the floor. I can tell you that. I mean, yeah. it's amazing how... People lose mobility. And it's very so interesting. This, I was I was just going to ask, is this one packet or uh, do we... It's one uh, packet. I mean, you can you can get them as separate CDs, but we suggest to them as one packet so it works both on your eye and your body. And people get yeah. that from your uh, website. So you want to give out your website and then we'll yeah, give it... Yeah, people can get it from our website or call us at 415-665-9574. But definitely you can get it... Uh, straight from our website. And we have wonderful response to it already because people really love those programs. And I remember in the 80s, people told me, write about them, write about them. You know, I want to tell you something, uh, Paula. I'm uh, in my uh, late 50s, approaching my 60s. And today, I mean, people already know me on the beach. I ran just with my bathing suit uh, for about uh, 6.5 miles. Um, in a pretty windy San Francisco. It was windier two days ago when I ran. Um, and uh, I, it, it's just an interesting thing that many people learn to be scared of the sun. And there is a wonderful book by Richard Hopdale who talks about the healing sun. And he's talking about the fact that actually to be heated in the sun, the sun uh, of uh, the summer in um, uh, San Jose, or in uh, Grass Valley, um, that's, that's a hot sun. But he's actually thinking that a sun and cold air is a fantastic 
combination. That used to be the antibiotics, before antibiotic was uh, invented uh, uh, by medicine, it was the antibiotics of doctors in the beginning of the 19th century and and uh, in the beginning of the 20th century. And especially in Switzerland, they used to do wound healing uh, by being in the sun for a reasonable amount of time. And I want to tell you that I feel that I was massaged by the wind. The wind was blowing pretty hard. And everybody was covered with coats, uh, those who were uh, there to the beach. And they were so cold. And I was not cold, not very cold. I mean, I felt the wind and it was cool. But my body absorbed it. It was really, really easy. So the thing is that these days we learn to fight with Mother Nature. It's like we don't want to use the natural powers. And what's wrong with medicine of these days is that they completely give up on the medicine of the past. The medicine of the past used uh, more herbs and more of the nature, and homeopathy used to be very rampant in this country. But the medicine of the present basically is dismissing the medicine of the past and gives us very synthetic solutions that backfires all the time and all kinds of fixing that backfire all the time. The case of Aurora that uh, I want to talk to you about, the one to me from Portugal, she uh, was very nearsighted, very, very high myopic. And high myopia is very, very dangerous because... Um, uh, in the cases of high myopia, you um, basically um, can lose uh, your vision because the eyeball becomes longer and longer to the point that there is a retinal detachment. And <clears throat> so um, what happens is that, um, that uh, she was given contact lenses and she had wonderful vision. And she had problems with the cornea. When they fixed the problem with the cornea, there was cataract. When they removed the cataract, there was retinal detachment. When they fixed that, there was glaucoma. And then she lost a lot of her optic nerve. And that's what I'm trying to say. You work on acute care, and the result is you need more and more and more of it. If you don't work simply on acute care, then you need less and less and less of it, basically. Well, I, <clears throat> well, I know when... Uh people have surgery, they go back to their eye doctor maybe once, and that's it. There's no follow-up on everything. Right, and then for observation. Yeah. So, so how many that's people do you, do you see that have had problems from ha- actually having um, surgery on their eyes? I mean, is, is that half of your... Oh, uh, many, many, many. There was like one guy who came to me all the way from Colombia, and... Uh, and um, he um, <clears throat> he came from Colombia, and um, he uh, he have um, uh, had a very successful cataract surgery. He saw very well, and two months later, because of glaucoma attack that he had, he couldn't see his face in the mirror. So I worked with him to be able to see his face in the mirror. It's just amazing how many problems people have because of their surgery. I know. Um, I have a friend with cataract, that had cataract surgery, and she's having problems. So, she ordered your book. So, hopefully, that will help her. Yeah, and she should come to my class. We're going to have a class on January fifth, from ten to five thirty in our school, and it's all a class on natural vision improvement, and it can teach her 
very well how to work on her eyes. Oh, good. And that's in San Francisco, right? That's in San Francisco. Yeah. So what is your website uh, so that people can look up on your website and see your events? And Our website is www.self-healing.org. Okay, well, Mayor, Mayor, what's your next um, uh, event? When is it going to happen so people can can, can get with you? The next you? event, Mayor. again, is January 5th. It's a Saturday from 10 to 5.30, and it is um, uh, all on natural vision improvement. Then we have an event in Esalen Institute. Have you heard about Esalen? Oh, yes, it's marvelous. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. People sit in the hot tubs and look at the waves. We also use the hot tub for joint mobility and joint relaxation. And so um, what we will do is is we'll work on the eyes, the 10 steps for natural vision improvement, as we have written in the book Vision for Life. And uh, Paul will work on the eyes and we'll work on the rest of the body. Basically, and um, SLN is going to be a six-day workshop from the third to the eighth. And then the big thing is that we have a six-day eye class from February 28th to March 5th. That's all for eyes. That's for eyes. SLN is for the eyes and for the body. And uh, uh, yeah, but because I've written my book and I'm so hot on the topic that we can actually improve our vision. That's uh, that's a big thing. Again, um, I've gotten such a beautiful letter from somebody by the name of Aurora Machada, who really thanked me, especially in helping her see better with her blind eye, which is very very interesting. So we put it in our uh, internet. Oh, that's now, Mayor, excuse me. I was just questioning as far as. What happens with their eyes? I, I guess maybe I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of people nowadays are are sitting before the computer and they just kind of are staring at the computer on a regular basis. And and I've noticed, you know, when I sit at my computer, my shoulders and my neck are not in really great positions. And I right. think probably so what a lot of people do, find them. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, there's two problems you get from sitting in front of the computer. Um, one problem is that um, that your your neck becomes stiff, your shoulders become stiff, and um, and you don't um, and and you don't get enough blood flow to your head. The second problem, which happens in front of the computer, is looking from a, a constant distance, and also um, I said too, but. Uh, second one is the eyes, looking from near distance and also looking at pixels instead of looking at margins, okay? Um, so basically what you do is um, uh, what you do is you need to look at a distance and also work on your periphery. That's very, very important. Yeah. Very, and very important. And the circulation. Uh, you know, I yeah. noticed... In your book, you have a chapter about diabetes. And mm-hmm. uh, could you tell our people out there that's listening uh, a little bit about what people with diabetes should do to um, 
help their eyesight? Well, in diabetes, the secondary problem that you have is um, uh, the secondary problem that you have in diabetes is that your blood doesn't circulate well. So all the losses that you have in diabetes remind me of losses that you have because of high blood pressure. So basically what we do in diabetes is we do a lot of exercises. We do a lot of deportment on the body. And uh, uh, what we do also with diabetes is eye exercises that increase the capacity of the eyes to see, basically. That's what we do. And uh, you have something you said about tapping? Yeah, we do tapotment. And I would suggest people who have diabetes, again, to do what I did today, to be in the wind, to be in the elements, but also to stand under massage showers, to sit in uh, jacuzzis. That's one of the nice things about going to excellence, you know, to have jacuzzis heating your body, and especially to get massage from us. That's one of the things that we're doing with our individual tension, um, and I mean with individual uh, clients in that, um, in that um, we, um, we are, are tapping on body quite a bit, and we, in that way, increase their circulation, basically. And then we let them exercise a lot. The circulation gets better, and that's how we work on the body. I'll give you one case that I had. Uh, for example, a, la- a young uh, uh, woman came to me with juvenile diabetes, which is the worst kind, where you don't have any insulin production. And if anybody doesn't know, the insulin helps bring uh, glucose to the cells, and the cells uh, uh, combine between glucose and oxygen to create the energy molecules to help us move our muscles and help us in many ways move our body. Now, what happens is uh, when there is no production of insulin, it's a very serious case. But another thing serious about it, the blood doesn't flow well. And she came to me already with hemorrhages in her retina and with partial blindness and this did something that traumatized the eye. They removed the vitreous in her eye. And as a result of it, her vision um, was uh, her vision was um, very poor, and she could ha- she could not see anything except light in the dark. I lost her vision to the point that it wasn't correctable, and she saw five percent of normal vision, twenty four hundred. So what we did is uh, we got to look at lights in the dark for the right eye, that was the semi-blind eye from the diabetes and the medical treatment. And then I got her to look at a flashlight, and through that look at an eye chart, and she improved the vision to 2100 with correction to 2040. And she lives normal life, and she said that she got a, a wonderful bill of health from her physician. So... So in your exercises, you're actually training the body to uh, use other muscles in the eyes to take over for the damaged muscle. Is that how it works? And cells. You can also train the the brain cells. You can train the um, nerve cells. This is one thing that most people don't understand, that that the nervous system can be trained. Uh, The brain can be trained. The whole body can be trained, basically. 
So we're like a little machine. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I've heard that people that have had, you know, a heart attack in the past where, you know, they were paralyzed and, and they couldn't move and, that he, and they couldn't even speak. And the brain actually created more um, openings um, in their brain and they were able to speak again. I mean, it just it takes a while to redevelop this, but I think like what you're saying is is that you create the circulation, you move and you think and you move your muscles and that kind of thing and maybe get massages and and I, I exactly. can't think yeah, I can't help but think that maybe tension and and um you know, we go through our lives every day and we're in stress and and just Absolutely I mean tension maybe, leads also yeah. tension also leads to obesity. Tension leads to a lot of problems. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, non-circulation. I mean, it's like when people are tense, the circulation isn't there, and that means that, you know, all kinds of things are set up here. So to be able to do that, and I'm thinking the eyes, like, you know, when you're stressed, your neck and your shoulders are all tight and tense, so there's no circulation going to areas mm-hmm. that are important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you do you work with many stroke patients? I sure do. I work with quite a few stroke patients, and I help them quite a bit. What um, I must say, I must compliment physiotherapy in this case, in that they've learned that people who got strokes can actually rejuvenate to a great extent much of their function. In the past, the working theory was the areas of the brain which are gone are gone, and other areas take their place, but more and more people see that brain cells can regenerate to some extent. So what it takes is a repetitive motion of the motion that was lost. It's interesting that in the Wall Street Journal, they once uh, advertised the fact that there was a group of physiotherapists that uh, if a person got a stroke, they would tie his strong arm and get his weak arm to work or his weak hand to work. And they would do it eight hours a day for five days a week, and they basically got all their function back. And also just had physiotherapy twice a week, didn't get much of the function back. So it's an interesting thing. We really need to work on getting healthy, and we need to work as much as we can on getting healthy, basically. Yeah, I have a a friend that she completely lost her eyesight from her stroke. Mm -hmm. So... um, Yeah. Have you had people come to you that their eyesight's completely gone from a stroke? Completely, no. If she lost part of her eyesight, because it's not common that one completely loses it, it does happen. I've seen those cases. But uh, what's more more, uh, uh, frequent is that a person loses the two right side of their visual field in the left and the right eye, or the two left side of the visual field in the left and the right eye. And what we do is we cover the areas that that uh, uh, became, that remain sighted, and with blinking lights and with other exercises, we stimulate the areas that see. So that we add relaxation and massage and uh, working in the sun. What ends up being is that they gain the vision back. And, in fact, there was another article in Wall Street Journal where a group of neurologists found out that 
if you stimulate people's uh, vision with light at any time, they can gain much of the vision back. And <clears throat> ophthalmologists believe them, and also occupational therapists didn't believe them. It's amazing <clears throat> how conservative the world of medicine is, and it's not to try and put them down or criticize what they do. It is simply um, the important thing to say here is that there is we are living in a world of fear because so many symptoms come, and people just don't know what to do with their symptoms. And there's so much we can do that can change things. We have 600 muscles in the body, and most people use only 50 out of them. And we really can learn how to use the muscles that we have never used in our life. And if we learn how to use the muscles that we have never used in our life, uh, we can change uh, the body altogether, basically. Now, a person that has a stroke, the sooner they start uh, working on this, would that be better than uh, maybe... The sooner the better. The sooner the better. I remember that I had somebody in 1988 that had a massive stroke, and his wife wanted me to see him. I was then in Israel, and I was very popular then, and I simply did not have a minute to see him. So we sat down in the class and meditated for him, and I... uh, Um, I told her to move his limbs. What the physiotherapist then wanted to do is to wait, because what happens when you have a stroke, first limp, you kind of flaccid, and then you become spastic. You become real tight and hard. And I told her, don't wait for that moment. From the very beginning, move his limbs. And she moved his limbs. Within a week, he got out of the hospital, and then I got him to uh, open and close his hand uh, by trying to squeeze things. And he was able to regain 98% of his function back. So I think that you should start to work with stroke patient as early as possible. And I'm not the only one who thinks that way. Well, now, I, what about um, improving nighttime vision and uh, that kind of thing? Some people have a hard time seeing at night when they're driving. Is that, can that be? Absolutely. Let's, let's start with, with the fact that night vision is peripheral vision. Central vision is day vision, okay? And so what happens is that at night, um, at night, uh, uh, people, um, uh, people simply experience the weakness of the human periphery. I remember I saw yesterday somebody who uses computers a lot, and she just came to me for nearsightedness, but before I work on her nearsightedness, I got her to start and work on her peripheral vision. If you don't mind, uh, Taz, I'd like to give people an exercise to do at home right now. Is that okay with you? Oh, it sounds really sure. great. Okay, good. So if the two of you can do the exercise with me, it would be great. And by the way, if you can open the lines to audience that can call, that would be a great thing. Is sure. that possible? Yes. Okay. Uh our, the phone number that people can call in on is uh, 347-633-9155. Again, 347-633-9155. And what area code is that? 347. Uh-huh, 347, yeah. All right. So that's the number I called, I guess, right? Right. So we could share that. that okay. Oh, mine. Yeah. So anyway, what what I want to say is this. 
uh, look straight at something and put your hands to your sides, but don't look at your hands and wave them. Wave them and put them as much to the side as you can to the point that you cannot anymore see hands, but you can sense the movement. So you almost do not see the hand, but you still see them a bit. Can the two of you do it in that distance? Yes. Yeah. Where you basically more sense the movement than see the hands. Again, you look straight at a point, at a wall, at a picture, at anything, and you don't look at your hands, but you sense it as you wave them. So you wave them to the side. Now close the right eye and keep looking straight, and you can see there's no problem for you to see the left hand. Close the left eye, and you look straight, and there's no problem to see the right hand. And do it again. Close the right eye, and then close the left eye as you look straight. And again, when you close the eye, you can see the left hand. When you close the left eye, you see the right hand. Now open both eyes, and you see both hands. And just right, increase your periphery. And you can do it above. You know, now wave the two hands above. Above to the point that the hands almost disappear. And then again, you close the right eye. You close the left eye. You close the right eye. Close the left eye, and you see the two eyes. Your two hands are there, and you do it uh, below as well. The same way, you close one eye, you close the other eye, and then you open both eyes. And before you know, now that you're gonna uh, uh, wave your hands, you can have a sense of a whole circle that you make with the two hands waving. <clears throat> Very good. Wow. You know, I'm gonna uh, admit something. It's I can't blink my left eye <laughs> by itself. Oh, okay. Is that a... Um... That means that uh, the um, probably the right eye is dominating. And so when it closes, it uh, closes the the left eye with it, right? Or which eye dominates? Yeah, somewhat. And then when, but what I you can do for my... this exercise, let me tell you, let's do an exercise that would work for you. Although one day I hope to meet with you and work with you on that issue. Cover your right eye and now wave your hand to the side. Looks great. Cover the left eye and then wave your hand to the side. And then open both eyes and wave both hands to the side. Basically. It would be interesting if any audience did the exercise and give us an impression of it. But one thing I want to say is that when we look at a computer, we forget there is wall, ceiling, or floor. And we just look straight at the computer. And doing that causes us a lot of problems because human eye was used for about a million years to pay attention to periphery. And it doesn't pay attention uh, to the periphery these days. So waving the hands to the side uh, makes a very big difference. So that would actually help night vision also? Definitely. Definitely. What also will help night vision is to have a small piece of paper, an inch by two inches. You put it, um, uh, you put a masking tape or scotch tape, and you roll it. So you put it in the middle of the paper, in the middle of your nose, and you took, you take two lights in a dark room, two dim lights, and you wave them, and you wave them to the side, and you have a sense of the two lights at the same time. And slowly, slowly, your pupils open and open. You know, in our uh, six-day eye class, which is going to happen on March 28th, uh, the fifth day is a night walk. Every day we meet from either 9 to 2 to 9 to 1. 
and depends on the day, and we work on different topics. But there was one day we would meet from 2 to 9, and from basically uh, 7.30 to 9 is the night walk. And it is amazing. We're going to the park in San Francisco where in an area where the city does not invest in light. It's Stoll Lake. They invest in light in 8th Avenue near the museum, but not there, and we're grateful to the fact that they don't. And so we walk in the dark, and as we get used to the dark, the eyes basically start to see more and more in the dark. And then we go back to the city lights. We have a sense of how we feel that the light is basically uh, polluting the area. Now, we need lights in the dark because we, uh, we uh, I mean, we need lights in the cities and, 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 and so on. But truth matter is we need darkness. I think it's a very, very important thing. And we don't have enough of it. So people can sit in a dark room and adjust to dim lights. Also, if you're in a safe area, walk in the dark. That could be a good thing. And if that is the case, the result of that could be that your periphery will open and open. If you don't do that, it's very natural to have pressure in the eye and to lose because of eye pressure and, and poor blood flow. So I think that we really need to open up. So again, Taz, the short answer to your question is let's expand the periphery and the uh, night driving would be much easier. Okay, we have a... Safety. Go ahead. We have a... Uh, let me see if I can get them on. We have a person uh, that's calling from 323-202. Are you there? You're listening to our show. 323-202? I was going to ask them if they had a question because they've been with us from the beginning, but I guess not. They're not coming back on. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I kind of like, I have another question. I um, was wondering about, you know, a lot of times you get up in the morning and your back is really stiff in the center around your waist. And um, do you have any particular exercises for people that have the stiffness? But the back cannot be stiff. You have to work on your legs. I mean, first of all, one of the most important things to do is throughout the day to move the ankles in rotating motion so they will not be stiff. And it's really good to move the knees in rotating motion so the legs will not be stiff. And it's really good to move the hips in rotating motion. Uh, That makes a very, very big difference, I would say. And uh, before you go to sleep, bring your knee to your chest. And it can make a very big difference. Now we, uh, Taz, Taz and I just went to a workshop. And uh, it was a two-day workshop. And the leader had us doing uh, uh, dancing right after lunch. It was like rotating your hips and, and doing all these different steps. And when you were saying that, I thought, he was just having us stimulate our bodies to to be awake again. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if you would have done it before lunch, it would be better because then you would digest your food even better. You know? <laughs> um, I I really think that um, the more you exercise before you eat meals, the better the meals will go through. Basically. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and before you go to sleep, Taz. Put your knee on your chest. Can you do that, or is it hard for you? 
with one knee. <laughs> I can't Okay, so one. put one knee on the chest and move the leg in rotating motion. And what you do with the knee is bend it and move it from side to side. The one that you cannot put on on your chest and move, bend your uh, leg and move the leg from side to side. That's going to make a huge difference for you. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. And what about using ice? For inflammation. Ice is a good thing to use. For example, um, uh, a couple of ladies just complained to me in the last few days that they have pain in their knees. And so uh, what I suggested for them is to put heat on the thigh and calf, but to put ice on the knees. Um, and also to elevate the leg and to bend towards the foot. I think it makes a very, very nice difference. Basically. So you put the heat and the ice? At the same time? Yeah. You put the heat so you will not shiver and you will not be cold. So you put the heat, <laughs> especially in the winter, you know. You put on the yeah. on the muscles, but you put the cold on the joint. And then you massage the joint. So, for example, uh, if your hip hurts you, it's really good to put ice on the hip. But at the same time, uh, you can put heat on your chest. So you will not feel cold. But you would cool area that might be inflamed, and that helps better than anti-inflammatories. You have um, a lot of people that have taken your massage schools, and they're uh, they actually have their own business now, doing the the massage that uh, they've learned from you. Um, right. Can like we have a lot of listeners in the Santa Cruz area, Monterey area, San Jose area. Can they uh, go onto your website and uh, find these people? So Absolutely. Can... So, again, what I'll say is that the, the mini course that I have is the one in Esalen because we work on the eyes but also on the body and we cannot escape doing massage um, on the eyes. And from February 3rd to date and in August, I have a full intention of teaching uh, my Part 1 training in San Francisco. And uh, it's not uh, such a long drive from... San Jose, especially since we're basically in the outskirts and by the beach, by Ocean Beach. So it's pretty easy to take 19 and it gets us pretty quickly. And if somebody just wants to get a massage from uh, one of your uh, your people, they can just look on your website. Do you have a list of where people are? Oh, definitely. We have a person in San Jose and we have a person in Santa Cruz. I mean, oh. Aptos, near Santa Cruz. That's perfect. Yeah. So they can just yeah. Hop on your website and get the number right. Yeah, or okay. call us and we'll tell them. Okay, uh, the website is www.self-healing.org. So this is very important to be able to order the uh, the book, the CDs, find more information about classes. So we'll give that out one more time at, uh, at the end of the hour. But um, the website is very important for people to go on to get all this information that we've been talking about today. Also, if so, somebody wants to make an appointment with me, they can call our school at 4566695574. So it probably depends on the person's problem, but um, with how your session would go with you. But you uh, you work with the whole body, not only the eyes, but you do work with the whole body. No, with the whole body. And people come to me, as I'm saying, from the whole world, so it's not that far to come from San Jose. <laughs> Sometimes we don't appreciate what's in our backyard. 
So people out there, that, I mean, there's some somebody very close that can do a, a lot of help. And you also have, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say me here. Um, what about somebody that uh, just, you know, is really not able to run, but they can walk. So do you have, excuse me, do you have people walking on the beach with you or or in class and that kind of thing, um, you know, forward and backward? I think I remember you saying that it was important to walk backward. And maybe Absolutely. you would share that, the, if you would share some of that. It, 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 the interesting thing um, is that I have two kinds of exercises. One is exercises for more strength or vigor, and one is exercise for more sensation, for kinesthetic sense of the body. Okay, So the exercises for more vigor, everybody is starting where he's starting. You know, you cannot start where you don't start. I mean, it's easy to make a mistake and to work harder uh, then you need to work. Everybody from time to time makes those mistakes, uh, and you can always work on what happened with those mistakes, but uh, it's easy to do that. Um, the important thing for me is that, you know, there are days when I do what I did today, run in the wind just with my bathing, get all of my blood circulating, uh, cool my body, you know, we all have a mild inflammation in the body, partially because of the food that we eat, partially because of the way that we eat. And that cool uh, treatment really helps me reduce that inflammation. Of course, after that, I sat in a very nice uh, bath. But on the other end, there are days when I, my body says, no, you're not running today, you are... Uh, you are relaxing, and you work on sensing different parts of your body. So, Taz, yes, people can walk with us on the beach. In our training course, we do exactly that. We walk, we run on the beach, and of course there's a difference between a person who is athletic in his 20s and a person who just came from a problem that they have in the 80s. They're taking the same class. One will run for four blocks, and at the same time, one will walk backwards for a quarter of a block when the other one runs and comes back. That's fine. The thing is, we all need to do the same kinesthetic awareness. We need to, for example, feel back muscles that we did not feel before. We need to feel how each one of our toes can move dependently, how our ankles can move fully, how our knees can move fully. And in that way, we can help our hips, help our back, help our neck, because all the body is interconnected, basically. Mm. Well, I know that when I when I was walking backwards, I and when you were doing the sessions and things like that, I'm thinking, well, that's pretty incredible because when you walk backward, you're actually um, stimulating other muscles that you you're not you don't stimulate when you walk forward. So it you know it creates a balance in your body that is so different. And uh, I was really really impressed to see, you know, when you actually can experience that kind of thing. It's pretty awesome. And it's also kinesthetic exercise. You feel how your ankle stretches. It gives you a mild stretch to the back. Um, also, I mean, I do want you to look first back to see that you're not going to fall, but it gives you another way of walking than the one that you're used to. And uh, it makes you feel much more balanced with your two feet in the world. It's so important to work on our balance. 
And this is one of the things that happens. Our life is balanced to a great extent. And this really can increase the balance within the body. Now, a lot of people are going to be flying for the holidays. Uh, do you mm-hmm. suggest exercises for people to do uh, when they're on long flights? Because it can be dangerous. Absolutely. For example, take with you two tennis balls. I think a lot of flight attendants know me because I have to fly a lot for the workshop and lectures that I give. So take two tennis balls and put your foot on one and massage your foot by putting pressure on different parts. Like you can um, move the ball from the toes to the heel and then from the middle toes to the heel and from the little toe to the heel and then you move the ball from side to side. And... um, uh, you can also put the balls from the two sides of your vertebrae, not on the vertebrae, please. Otherwise, you need a bunch of treatments for me. But from the two sides of the vertebrae, on those muscles which are near the vertebrae, you put pressure on them in the lower back, then the middle back, then in the upper back. I can tell you that um, whenever I fly long distance, I tend to go a lot. Uh, I tend to walk a lot out of my seat uh, to the restroom, but also to the kitchen. They tell you no loitering. I still like to do that, and I lift my legs up to my chest, stretch the legs sideways, stretch it backwards. It's a mistake for a long flight to sit and not to move. Basically. Plus, you should drink a lot of flu and a lot of water. I would think. <laughs> I agree with you 100. percent We tend to tend to be dehydrated, which is really bad for us. Yeah. Yeah, Mayor, I just want to kind of also say something. I I was really surprised and pleasantly surprised that people can actually download um, from your website on how to work with their joints and how to work with their vision and their spine and uh, their central nervous system. Pretty incredible. You have a lot of downloads that people can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What we want is for people to do the practice. That's for me, is number one. I, I think, again, uh, many people think that you can only exercise the muscular system and cardiovascular system. Those are important systems, and it's important to exercise them. But you can exercise your nerves, you can exercise your eyes, you can exercise your hearing, you can exercise many parts of your body, and you can overcome many problems. Uh, for example, glaucoma. Yeah? Many people think, Glaucoma is loss of vision due to internal high pressure. The truth of the matter is glaucoma is loss of optic nerve. And it could be a result of lack of blood flow to the optic nerve, pressure uh, within the eyes, and imbalanced use of the eyes, like what I was showing you with the periphery. If we don't use the periphery enough and we just work very intensively with the center, that leads to a lot of stress and lack of balance use of the eyes. So it's very important for us to start and use the body differently. Now, uh, years ago, when uh, premature babies, uh, they put them in incubators, they didn't uh, put anything over their eyes, and they got the bright lights. And uh, they got a lot of premature babies had glaucoma from that. Many of them became blind. Right. Yeah, many Uh, of them became blind, my my son actually had to have surgery uh, because of that. Right. Is his vision good? 
Um, no, he has to wear glasses. But, no, but uh, his glasses is good. Yeah, yeah. The glasses can help. One. But no, the, when we talk about glaucoma, the parameter changes. When you have normal error of refraction, that's one thing. But when you have glaucoma, I don't care how well you see with or without glasses. I just care that you see well because you could lose a lot of vision. But I'm very happy that uh, that, he's, uh, that that the surgery helped him. But there are many cases when the surgery is a hindrance, and it leads to many problems. So for that reason, as I'm saying, we really need to exercise. I'm not negating the medical work, but I think it's very important to use it safe and rare rather than frequent and dangerous. Well, you know, we need to let people know, too, that if they really want to call you and they have specific questions, they can call you at 415-665-9574. Again, 415-665-9574. And your website is self-healing.org. And you have you have videos, you have audio downloads, which is incredible. I'm so excited to see that in here. And um, your books, and, you know, I don't know anyone. I, You know what, you can go and people can experience a lecture with you and they can, they can feel these things instantaneously. It just takes a minute or two. And you're showing people the most incredible gifts that they never even knew that that would be available to them because you just know what muscles and and points to work with instantly and people get success very, very quickly. It's amazing. You are a genius, literally, you really are. And it is such a pleasure for us to have you with us each time and and people need to take advantage of your, your gifts and of that you've taken years and years to develop and there's only one there's one that has these kind of gifts Mayor, and the and the gifts come because they have learned personally and they have helped others also learn, you know, in person because you know, they had the skills to be able to go forward. When you have when you have the problem yourself then you actually can develop these wonderful gifts to be able to share with others and you I mean you're you're a doctor. Thank you. You know, I'm I was a blind child, deaf parent mm -hmm. and uh, I have uh, an autistic boy. So I basically have my share of of um handicap that was into, but my parents were able to travel all over the world in spite of their deafness. My boy is in City College learning to become a graphic designer. Oh, and, uh, um, and I've learned that everybody has an unbelievable potential and, uh, and everybody can move forward and we don't have to be miserable just because we have challenge. If you look at my eyes, I used to see 1%, now I see 70%. My lenses are scar tissue, basically. And any ophthalmologist who would look through my eyes would say that there's no way I can see. And yet I drive a car. And uh, this is the the big thing that um, I just want to tell you. And this uh, lady to me from Portugal 
all of a sudden can actually uh, see better with eyes that everybody gave up on. And a lady who had an accident and was 97% blind now is 97% sighted. There's just no limit to how much people can improve if they give themselves the ability to do so. And this is why I'm giving classes. Like if somebody will take the August class, uh, sorry, the the, um, the 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 January class, January 5th from 10 to 5.30, they will end up most likely, I would say more than 90% chance, that they will end up seeing better at the end of the class. It doesn't solve full eye problems. They have to continue and work. But that will encourage them to continue and work. And I found that at least 50% of the people who have this amazing experience because the medical profession keeps telling you your eyes cannot get better, your eyes cannot get better, your hip cannot get better, your back cannot get better. This is what we basically undo. You come to me for a, a workshop course and you see that you actually can get better. And once you see that, it gives you the impetus to work on yourself. Well, well you're we the want doctor every- that works with doctors, you know. <laughs> You're the doctor that really works with the doctors to teach them. Uh, these are things you don't learn when you're in medical school, you know, and it's so exciting to have have someone like you in our lives, and we're very thankful. And um, Thank you. We want everybody to know about about Mir's uh, new book because we have, I don't think we've mentioned it enough throughout the hour, but uh, your new book, Vision for Life, Ten Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement is uh, wonderful, and uh, people can uh, get it on Amazon.com. But they can also can they get it also from your website, right? Uh, they can get it from us, definitely. In fact, we would be grateful if they did with many of them. So we need to pass. <laughs> okay. Them. Well, your your phone number again is four one five six six five ninety five seventy four, and um, uh, if Give me a call if you have any questions. And, Mayor, it's been really great having you with us again. And, Thank you uh, very much. And have a wonderful new year. Yes. And we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you wonderful. so much for sharing you know, Paula, all your... whenever you bless me, things happen the way that you bless them. Somehow you oh. have those powers. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so I will Bye-bye. bless you for 2013. How about that?